Hello and welcome to Travels in the Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowlett. This is episode 3. 3 is, of course, prime, and is the only number which is equal to the sum of all the natural numbers less than it. This week we're going to hear from Dr. Joanna Hartley of Nottingham Trent University, who's going to talk about her work on public transport modelling. My background is that I was, um, after I did my O-levels, it was a choice of what A-levels was I going to do, and clearly my bias was towards the maths and the sciences, but really towards the maths. So when it came to choosing my A-levels, it was definitely going to be maths, further maths and physics. So I um, did the A-levels, um, managed to get good grades in those, so I went to Durham. And at Durham, I studied maths as a single subject, um, and I ended up tending to specialise towards the applied maths side of things. And then when I finished at Durham, it was a matter of what am I going to do next. Um, And I thought I would follow the way that a lot of students go and maybe become a primary school teacher. So the idea was, went back down to my parents, um, did some apple picking, um, and then the idea was to go to France for a year and then come and, and do my PGCE. But in the meantime, I had a telephone call from somebody at Nottingham Trent to ask me if I'd like to come and do some research. And hence, um, I've been in Nottingham for, gosh, it must be 16 years. So since being in Nottingham, <coughs> I've done research in water distribution networks, which is my PhD. And after completing my PhD, moved my um, research into traffic modelling. I've had a few PhD students who've been helping out with traffic modelling, and one of the projects that would be of particular interest is about buses. So the idea is to try to determine the best route to get from your origin to your destination on the bus. Now, there's lots of different ways of working this out. Obviously, we have the old-style timetables where we are able to look on the timetable and think, yes, I want to get from north of Nottingham to south of Nottingham. I need to change the bus um, once. Where would I change it? What's the best time? Do I need to leave the house immediately? Or if I got 20 minutes to have a cup of tea? And obviously, this is all just static data. There's no real-time information included. So the idea was to include some real-time information so that I would be able to determine that I actually did have that 10 minutes to have a quick cup of tea before I had to get on the bus um, to get to my destination. Obviously, topology comes into it with the placing of the bus networks, how they interlink, the bus um, bus stops, etc. Also, shortest path algorithms, that's the main um, gist, the main mathematics behind the route finding algorithms that we used. The initiative for the bus route guidance was to try to promote the use of public transport when um, people are commuting around the Nottingham city area obviously to um, cut down the carbon emissions that we are creating with cars, um, so obviously to cut down on the congestion as well.
I've spoken about the bus stop information, the bus route information that we are provided as static information. Of course, um, in the last few years things have developed. Um, you'll often turn your radio on in the morning and you'll be told that maybe the buses have been cancelled for whatever reason or there's a, a major incident has happened in town so therefore the buses have to, have to be routed around there. So that's some real-time information coming in which would be taken into consideration by the user when they're looking at their timetable. But the idea was to put all of this information into an algorithm which would therefore generate our desired route. The system we wanted to use in order to determine our best route needed to be a mobile system where we could easily put information in about our origin and our destination, what time we wanted to travel at, and obviously be able to um, get this information sent back to us from the main hub. So we decided the mobile phone was the ideal system to be using, and we would be using the text messaging, the SMS messaging. So a lot of research was done into human-computer interaction to determine how we would um, how we would actually write the messages. So the idea was that we would have codes for our bus stops and we would say we'd want to travel from a particular bus stop to another bus stop. Another option was to be using areas. So we'd use areas of the town, so we'd want to travel from an area such as Arnold down to an area such as Clifton in town. We also considered that we may, we may be wishing to find information out about travel later on in the day. So all of that was taken into consideration. The Nottingham Public Transport Network has over 2,000 public transport stops, which obviously means that our algorithm needs to be incredibly efficient. And not only does it have over 2,000 public transport bus stops, it has over 10,000 links. And that's not taking into consideration the fact that you can obviously walk from one bus stop to another bus stop, especially when you're doing connections, which ended up as over 5 million possible links by foot. So it's necessary in our algorithms to add some constraints. The constraints we considered were the number of connections allowed per trip, it was considered that normally somebody wouldn't want to make more than three connections um, as part of a trip within a city, and really three would be an absolute maximum. The number of um, connecting public transport points, we cut down the number of points that people were allowed to get off a bus and join another bus. So we said that they would normally um, decide to go to the end of the line and be maybe in the city centre and they would then walk, which would only be a very short distance, to the next beginning of the next line to get to the south of the city, for example. So that cut down the number of um, links by foot. The minimum time required for connection. Of course, if we put this information into a bus stop, um, sorry, if we put this information into our algorithm, the algorithm would imagine that we were able to run like Superman at lightning speed. So instead, we decided that we would have to have a minimum connection time. So if you were coming off the bus, then you'd have to allow five minutes for the next bus. And of course, this would also allow for delays of the buses as well. 
And then finally, another constraint we had was the upper time limit for a single journey. So we thought it would be appropriate that nobody would want to travel for more than an hour and a half. What this ended up doing was that we wouldn't have the situation where somebody was travelling at nine o'clock in the evening from the outside of the city to the other side of the city and maybe would be given a silly answer that they would be arriving at nine o'clock the next morning. So this obviously cut down on those possibilities. The algorithm that we used was the Dreyfus algorithm, which is very similar to the Dijkstra shortest path algorithm. The Dijkstra shortest path algorithm doesn't consider time dependence, so it's um, independent of time, while the Dreyfus algorithm brings the time dependence in, which of course is very important with the bus networks. So we did some research with all these constraints um, on the Dreyfus algorithm, and we did find that with pruning of our network, allowing um, limited connections, limited time penalties, um, and limited connection points, that we did end up with much more um, sensible execution times. Of course, when sending um, a request out on the mobile phone, we wouldn't want to be having our answer coming out in half an hour's time. So it was necessary that we were talking about half a minute or a minute maximum um, for our response to come through. The system has been rolled out and is actually currently being used in, in Nottingham with um, Nottingham City Transport are using it as the main bus provider in Nottingham. And it's been very successful. Um, we have certainly um, in the past have had over a thousand users using the system in a day. So obviously this has more repercussions that yeah. if you've got a thousand people using the system at the same time, then obviously that um, is also going to be a reason for increasing the efficiency as well. The real-time aspect, so where is the bus, is a new project that will be being considered. So we would need to be tracking the bus, thinking about um, the congestion in particular areas of the city so that we could determine the likelihood of the bus arriving on time. And so therefore we would also need to update our algorithms to consider uncertainty as well. So the shortest path algorithms would be what we call stochastic, so they would include probability as well in the algorithms. Also, we thought um, as a next step it would be interesting to see what user preferences are. So some people are what we call risk averse, so they don't like to take risks, in which case when wanting to be at an appointment at six o'clock in the evening, then they would want to make sure that they were maybe there between half past five and ten to six, while somebody who's risk prone is happy to take the risk that they may arrive at 10 to 6, um, there's also a chance that they actually may arrive at quarter, quarter past 6. So obviously, you know, different characteristics um, can be modelled in a similar in a similar way to mm -hmm. we've managed to model the bus um, routing algorithm as well. Okay. How do you track where a bus is? Do you use that GPS? The um, yes, they've been using GPS, but we also that's how to track where the bus is. But there's a scoop. Scoot system is used in Nottingham as well, which is a traffic system right. which controls the traffic lights. Mm. So you, 
as you approach a, a link, so traffic light um, in the city centre, you'll notice that there's always grids, kind of the road's been cut up. Yeah. And what that is, it's an inductance loop has been placed into the road. And as the cars come along, it counts mm. how many um, cars there are, so therefore it can work out whether there's a lot of congestion, whether there's a lot of cars, yeah. and it will therefore modify your traffic light signals. Right. Now, the scoot system is also set up that it's actually able to determine whether there is a bus, because obviously a bus is clearly a very different length to a yes. car. Right. So you've got the scoot system, but also they are using GPS. But, of course, GPS can be very difficult within um, city centre. Yes. So they have used it historically um, on the A52 up to Newark. Right where they were able to use GPS because there were less houses around. What happens to the person who's using it then, if they send a text? The user, as we call them, um, sends a text which would include their origin point, their destination point, time if they are wanting to use the service in the future. If they don't specify a time, then it's um, assumed that they want to leave immediately and they will send this off to the central hub so just by text message all the algorithm is performed and then the reply comes back telling them what time the next bus will be arriving it's by text message all the algorithm is performed and then the reply comes back telling them what time the next bus will be arriving Okay, I hope you found that interesting. You can get more information about the podcast and show notes relating to today's episode from www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. Thank you for listening.